welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about the end of the apocalypse. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, we did it. <laughs> we finished not only our second entire series, but our 18th book of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Just at the turning point. Of our three-year anniversary of posting episodes. Yeah. Because we lost the one for a while. <laughs> and had to redo the first Technology. <sighs> three years, man. Uh, September 24th. Yeah. Was the very first episode. And here we sit, not Like three four days, days three days before oh, that? I'm yeah. Sure. How's it feel? I'm doing this all this time for three years. You know what? We'll get to that. Okay. When we hit three years. That's when we'll talk about it. This is called foreshadowing audience (laughs) pretty heavy-handed but nonetheless this week we're gonna actually talk about chapters 33 through 36 of fate of the jedi book nine apocalypse to end the ninth book in the second series uh in this time era what the legacy era Mm mm-hmm which is the legacy of the force and the fate of the jedi books yeah after Oh my God, Douglas! How did you just fart out of your nose like that? that That's definitely on the mic and uneditable because I was in the middle of speaking and I don't remember what I was saying. I just have to move on. Yeah, <laughs> that was great, dog. Great. What? A, oh my God, that was excellent. Seriously, what the heck was I saying? I don't know. We finished this book. Yeah, the turning point from the old. Guys, oh, right. that's the, the old legacy. era. Yep. That's right. That's right. Luke, this... Han, they're all getting old and it's switching over to Jaina and Ben. And that's where we're getting to. And this this legacy era, you know, as you can tell by the end of this book, which has a lot of moving sidewalks that are going to take us in different directions in the future. Mm-hmm. Planned stories, seeds and threads that we're leaving hanging. Planting seeds. Don't hang them. You can hang a tomato plant. I guess you can. Do whatever you want, okay? I'm not here to tell you how to botanize. But, oh, I'm so lost right now after that dog nose noise. That was unbelievably a fart out of a butt. (laughs) (laughs) But all he was doing was a slow exhale out of his nose. Listen, man. We'll get to all this. But first, pum, pum, pum. Previously on Forever Cannon. Masters meet for 30 pages. Finally share information. Jag simply saves the Solo family. Saba and Tahiri grab a bite. Ben and Vistara have a crush. And Luke and Crate give a piece. Temple team, thirsty teens, Luke at the lake. These are my headlines from the last episode. I like those. Yeah, man, the last good. two were good, right? Those was like catchy uh, hooks. Mm-hmm. Not really a news headline, but fun to hear. Yeah. That was last week, though, where we, seriously, I was not happy about that 30-page chapter of talking. No. It was it was interesting to read. All right, that was last week. Mm-hmm. This week, we're going to start with chapter 33, where Luke is where we left him, laying in the lake of apparitions, battered, beaten, and so ready to die. Yeah, a whole chunk missing out of his Je- ethereal body. He, yeah. 
he's just ready to sink beneath the surface of the water and be with Mara Jade. Yep. I'm all done being alive. Shit's hard out here. It's been 70 years of saving everything from everything. I'm tired. Yeah, I, I'm ready. <laughs> like, I'm so tired. And he's so going to die. Yeah. I mean, like, for sure, eventually. But look at what just happened. He's laying here where his dead wife can reach him physically. Yeah. <laughs> like, how? he just wants to go. Mm-hmm. He just wants to be done. Also, he watches Abeloth shrink. Her body was like a bigger, more massive form when she was in monster form. And it starts to shrink down to regular size and then like smaller size. And then like she's a sliver and then she's gone. Yeah. Her her form. It took me a minute to remember. These are ghosts. We're in ghost world. Yes. Okay. So it's not crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, she just kind of uh, retracted. What's the word? I don't know. What doesn't matter. Yeah, her force essence kind of just slowly evaporated Pulled from in this. on itself and then disappeared from the lake of apparitions. Whatever that may mean. Ghost forms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At first I was like, her body? <laughs> and then I remembered everyone's a ghost over here at the lake. It's not the beach party you think it is. That Sith stranger, who we identified last episode as Darth Crate, he's up on his feet though. He and Luke argue about whether or not the Sith will ever rule the galaxy. The Sith says, you don't know. <laughs> and Luke says, I know. Yeah. And I'm always right. Yeah, Crate says something about Jason didn't stop the future he just delayed it that's right you can't change the future you can't change the flow of the river you can only damn it for an amount of time before it breaches and resets its own course yep you can divert it for a time but it always ends up ending up in the same it all flows back to the ocean or whatever right (laughs) it'll go uh, it's all downhill from here no that's not (laughs) but yeah right that's the that's the Sith's argument, which is of course like a a, a fatalistic, deterministic uh, sort of philosophy. Whereas the Jedi choose to believe the the good you do creates more good and changes the galaxy for better. Yeah, and the Force for good. Just a little difference of philosophy here on the beach of the lake, on the shore of the lake. Uh, the Sith leaves. And it's time to tell Jason that this is all his fault. Happy, mm-hmm. happy family. <laughs> Can't just let it go. First, Luke asks him, how come you didn't come to me when you <laughs> had this vision and you were falling to the dark side? And Jason's just kind of like, what? Yeah, why would I? Why would I? Yeah. And I agree. Mm-hmm. He did not build that sort of relationship. No, it's completely different. As much as Jason and Jaina are twins, he was more leading with Jaina and kind of dismissive. Well, he, and he was always just kind of more isolationist mm-hmm. after, you know, the events of the Yuzhan Vong war. And then thereafter the next 10, all, I guess that 10, 15 year period of his life, he's kind of, he kind of ended up sticking to himself when he took his sojourn across the galaxy that we followed through the first few books of the series, mm-hmm. which was fun, but it's all your fault, man. Because <laughs> you tried to change the force and you unleashed Abeloth the chaos and it's all your fault. And then Jason says, a, tells us a secret brand new detail about his 10 year old vision. Yeah. Yeah. Brand new detail. Now, 
you think it was about the man in black on the throne, but it was actually about who I saw standing next to him. My daughter, Alana. Standing next to the dark throne in service to the dark emperor. That's scary. Yeah. And it is kind of more motivating for his character to then go bonkers and obsess over his daughter and her safety. It ties those two things together that were a little bit divergent in the first series where he develops this need for control of the chaos to keep his daughter safe from the crazy galaxy. But he's also, we're told, concerned about the dark man on the throne vision. Mm -hmm. And now those two things become one thing with this extra little retcon detail, right? That we spice into the future here. Yeah. That it actually, it was Alana standing next to him that scared the hell out of me. Yeah, it was definitely. It makes those two goals the same thing now. Yeah. Uh, uh, Avoiding the vision of the dark throne and protecting Alana from the chaos of the galaxy now become the same thing. Uh, Or. Even more tightly so, I guess, right? Yeah, and if there were if there were future books coming up, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. that would be something that the Jedi would have to deal with. That's, They'd have to watch. That They'd is a to... shadow hanging over her now for the rest of her life. Yep. It's not her on the White Throne, which is the last thing we saw in the Pool of Knowledge. Now it's, oh, wait a second. What if <laughs> she's drifted back to where she originally started? Yeah, what if and we've Crate was correct? This Darth Crate now. We've met this new Sith who says there are other Sith. You don't even know. Luke, you don't know nothing. You're always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, this little retcon is fun. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely not a planted seed anywhere in 18 previous books. That I've read. <laughs> not, I not one time did I get a hint of there was someone else in that vision, let alone his daughter. Yeah. Which, when he had this vision originally, was she even born? Maybe he just recognized her essence in the Force. Like, that's my future daughter. Yeah, type. it could looks be. like me in Tenelka. <laughs> but, like, she would probably... Was she even born? I think she's born at the end of the Dark Nest trilogy. Not at the end of the war. Yeah. Right? It's got to be the end of the Dark Nest trilogy. Or in the intervening years. Where like maybe Jason and Tom get together at the end of the Dark Nest trilogy. But my assumption being she didn't exist or maybe she just had been created. Either way, he wouldn't have recognized her, but he recognized her essence in the Force. And this new detail to this old vision totally changes our perception about her moving forward in the future which is a bit of a cheap trick but it's a good one here yeah it's used well mm-hmm. yeah let's just tweak that vision a little bit and it does stay true to the character of jason that he didn't even tell anybody about this dark vision really and he never would have told anybody extra details about it so no. you know it could have been a secret us the reader in his head for nine straight books though as, didn't hear a hint of that. As the Solo and Skywalker families do, they tend to keep things to themselves. Yeah, and so get everything wrong. Yeah. Wind up here under the water. <laughs> <laughs> but that new detail is fun. And I really like what it sets up for the future storyline, mm-hmm. which is just going to have to be continued in our headcanon. Yep. Our forever headcanon. 
Chapter 34. Ben and Vistara are in rough, rough, rough shape in the courtyard of the Font of Power on Avaloth's planet. Yep, Ben's still not seeing straight. He's all, Vistara's all bruised in the neck and battered in the face. Like, uh, well tentacled. He says, we both need medical attention. And thank the force, Jaina arrives just in time. But you know what? Dang, my dad's hurt. <laughs> I don't have time to worry about me and you now, Vistara. My dad's seriously hurt. Vistara gives Ben a big old smooch as he goes into Jaina's ship, the name of which escapes me again, even though I read it like 12 times. Yeah, in this, in this just read it. Chapters. Um, oh, keyboard fell down. We're still recording. Okay. But he, he rushes onto the ship and she gives him a big fat kiss. Kind of knowingly that this is going to be the last time she ever sees him. Yeah. That was the vibe I got off of it. Because she knows that Jaina knows that she blew up the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, that's the only reason why Jaina would say, you stay out here. Well, I mean, just also the general distrust that she's had of her all along. The whole time. But Vistara knows, and that's what matters. She knows what this goodbye actually is. Not, you're going to go check on your dying dad and then... Yeah, I'm here for I'm you when come you come in back. hold hands. Yeah. Oh, she knows. This is the tipping point now. All the choices that I've made, every single betrayal along the way, which I kind of can't wait to look at very specifically in our whole series overview in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Because, <laughs> like, that's a good thing to track. Every time she very specifically chose to do the wrong thing and how it led her all the way to this... Path where she kisses Ben goodbye. Right in front of Jaina, too. Ooh, they're not shy now. Nope. <laughs> oh, my God. He heads into the ship with Jaina. He sees his dad half dead, which leads to tripping into a force vision. Yeah. Ha! Coruscant, red flame and black smoke. Dark shadows from a shadow world. Floating eyes collecting matter. Alana sitting in front of the throne. A gray tentacle. And... Only a small force of light. Yep. Specifically, he doesn't see Luke Skywalker. No, and that's got... That's troubling. Yeah, as much as he knows that his dad is going to leave eventually, he's he's not as you would never be ready for it. Your dad's almost 80 and he's barely alive. After fighting a a force volcano monster. Yeah, he's missing a rib. (laughs) So, I mean, like, it's going to happen eventually. But he's he's us. Yeah. He's the fans. He's the reader. What would happen if you wrote a book where you killed Luke Skywalker? Would you get burned at the stake as a witch? <laughs> or like... There would, would be it, a lot of unhappiness. How, what, imagine how well you would have to do that. Yeah. For it to be accepted. It would have to be like an epic kind of or... Yeah. sacrificing himself. He doesn't see him in the vision, though. And for as far as Force visions go, this one's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Coruscant is red with flame and black with smoke. Yeah, it just got blown up with volcanoes. Yeah. <laughs> dark shadows coming from a dark world. That's more Sith coming from Korriban. Right. Uh, yeah, Al- Alana's sitting in front of the throne. While not, they fight in yeah, front of her. Not ready, and the Jedi are defending her from the darkness. Until she's ready to it, take the throne. Which goes back to the dark man, and they're protecting her from joining him. Whoa. Which would nice. be... Yeah. 
this is a little more depth than I <laughs> saw at first glance. You're right, though. I Yeah. She's like sitting there playing with toys and they're like toy size figures in front of her. She's like cross leg. I guess I'm <laughs> I'm projecting now. <laughs> Some of this stuff wasn't described, but she's sitting in front of the throne on the floor while the toys Jedi and, and Sith battle it out in front of her. Yeah. To protect her from the dark guy usurping the throne and then using her power. Fighting for her future one way or the other. Dang. Well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he didn't see Luke. Nope. Oh, and P.S. Luke lost a rib. Yeah. In that battle. And part of a lung. And part of his lung. Ben's talking to the medical droid. And the droid despi- uh, describes them as spontaneously ejected. <laughs> Ben's like, well, you don't have a better description? What do you mean? The, I, the droid <laughs> says, if I had better words, I would say them, human. Yeah. I described <laughs> it exactly how it happened. There is suddenly no rib, <laughs> suddenly no part of his lung, which is his injury from the land of beyond shadows. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, the, the land, land before shadows. shadows. <laughs> uh, she got him with the tentacle. Yep. And when she died, she ripped a chunk off of both of them. Yeah. So that's interesting for Mr. Asherod Het. I wonder, I've got to read those comics now. Yeah. I kind and of comics are know. so easy reading. Ooh. I'll share it with you. All right. <laughs> but yeah, that's his injury from Beyond Shadows. Here it is with a, a physical manifestation. He's missing a rib. He's got a part of his lung spontaneously ejected also. And he's got a fist-sized hole, like a dent in his chest. Yeah. That's all pretty bad. He's in a coma. He's got IVs all hooked up to him. and Oh, yeah. I forgot to note the missing rib thing. Is this like a biblical <laughs> Adam and Eve thing? Where like he's going to reborn the Jedi from his rib? Who took the rib? Avaloth got the rib. Who took the rib? It just exploded out of him. Is Avaloth going to be reborn from a rib? Who knows? Hmm. I Probably, don't know. Well, I would go with... Is, she, is Eve supposed to be chaos because she like does the thing? Oh, that like sets off the chain of events. Is it you know like because it's all just it's all. Sorry to, to, to uh, what's that word? Be reductive about religion, but like the stories are, uh, morality tale archetypes. Yeah. Right, and so father, son, daughter, chaos, the ones, whatever, and then Luke loses a rib, and I'm all of a sudden thinking about Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, is that what the story is? Or something? I don't know. A, a lot of the, the stories in any story, Star Wars included, is all parallels to what is being told in real life, right? Yeah, of course. It's parables. Yeah. But who got the rib? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Because the rib was a thing and it made a person. That's all I'm saying. Did Vistar get the rib? Because every time her name comes up, even in his coma... He squeezes a death grip on Ben's hand. Yes, yeah, so much so that Ben thinks he's going to break his fingers. Every time her name comes up. So, well, just to prove it to the droid who comes over, I'm going to say her name. <laughs> and he goes, ah! And the droid's like, that doesn't make any sense. But the Force is here, you foolish hunk of metal. Yeah. Don't you know anything about the Force? No, of course not. Jana kind of tosses the droid across the room a little bit. Yeah. It's time for Jana to tell Ben... Why Vistar is not allowed in the ship. Why your dad is crushing your hand every time her name is said out loud. 
Because, Ben, the star tried to kill most of our family a few days ago when she blew up the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon on purpose with Sith behind her. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. And he tries to get around it. Well, how do you know? Who? How did you find this out? Yeah. Hey, guess what? Your aunt and uncle told me. And and Ben's, Ben thinks to himself, well, they would never say something like that yeah. without... Like my whole family is way too trustworthy and credible to doubt any of this anymore. Mm-hmm. And out of Ben's mouth come the words, Vistara Kai is a Sith. Yep. And she always has been. That's sad. Yeah. And even sadder is he says, she loved me. It just didn't matter. Oh, that's worse. That is oh, worse. Oh, you poor 17-year-olds. Get over it. <laughs> you got a lot of life left. Will you get over it, though? Because this is all magic people. <laughs> and if I know anything about Luke Skywalker and his ex-girlfriends, she could come out of a computer 50 years down the future. Yeah. Who knows, dude? It'll come back. She could be hiding out in a... In a stone hut on stilts on a planet full of crystal sills. And then here comes your girlfriend from the past. Dun, dun, dun. You never know. Yeah, and the pain and anger and whatever he's feeling right now could make him the evil guy further down. Oh, so much darkness, especially here in this place. Mm-hmm. Near the font of power. Which, Vistara has some like floaty darkness around her from yeah. using the force. Drawing on the dark side too close to the font of power. And we go from finally realizing that this is never going to work. Ben is going to have to do what he's going to have to do as a Jedi. Yep. We cut to Vistara hiding in the jungle, calling for ship. I didn't even think of that. No, I thought he just I was took like, off. She's screwed. Yeah. Ben and Jaina. Jaina's fine. Ben might be in rough shape, but Jaina's ship is blasted, not her body. Mm-hmm. You're screwed, kid. Yeah, because there's the, the options for her at the moment are be abandoned or be captured. <laughs> yep. Or be dead. She calls out for ship. Genius. But then I'm like, he ain't coming. He's running for his life. But she is feeling bad, man. And it is, she's a very sympathetic character in that way. Mm. You know, she is, she was raised to be a bad guy. It's like, a, it's a, again, an archi- a classic archetype of overcoming your, your, your history, your parentage. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, the son paying for the crimes of the father type of thing. She's suffering for the crimes of her entire <laughs> culture's history yeah. of being evildoers and training to be evildoers and so on and so forth. All and that she, betrayal. She has, as much as she tried at, at first, well, yeah. in that middle section there, there was, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. She, she did, she did try, but as soon as she had a quick decision to make, mm-hmm. it was, she fell back into the, I got to do what I got to do. That's exactly right. Her programming is unbreakable. Mm-hmm. And she was very much sincere along the way for certain segments. Yeah. But it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. Like, Ben, that's so sad. She's feeling bad, man. Yeah. But then I get all goosebumpy because Ship answers her. (laughs) Yeah. 
He, he must have been flying away and then been like, oh, okay. I'm going to turn. Yeah, he's going to, I'm going to, I'm going to Koya, Koya Grin turn around the gravity well of the planet. Um, all right, it's enough of that stupid talk. Ship answers. Abeloth is relatively dead. <laughs> and we are free to return to our own kind, he tells her. Abeloth is as dead as she can be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he says, I don't know, some mysteries the Force doesn't tell us. <laughs> All right, thank you. That, that's also scary. <laughs> Thanks, guy. Jeez. But we are free to return to our own kind. The other Sith. The one Sith. They still exist. Yeah. Someone else is returning to them also. Yeah, and he tells her, not only do they exist, they need you. Why do they need her? You dark lord of the Sith, you, he well, calls her. Why do they need her? Because yeah. no, who, what evil Sith, powerful, bad person has ever spent an entire year befriending and entrenching themselves in the family of Luke Skywalker? No one. Yeah. No one ever. Not while they were evil. They all turned evil after he dumped them. <laughs> <laughs> she was evil all along. Twist on his father's story. Yeah. You know, again, same idea of you paying the sins of the father. He's, it's all it's all cyclical mistakes. Mm-hmm. Anakin and Padme. Luke and all his girlfriends. Ben and Vistara. It's beautiful. Because that's how Star Wars works. Like, that's a theme of Star Wars. Yeah. So it's not annoying. <laughs> or like cheap, yeah, because it's built into the, the into the story. It's it's been a part of our lives Destiny. forever. Destiny is, mm-hmm. is is Star Wars, right? But yeah, they need you because you have all this information. And you're right. He calls her Lord Kai, and she's like, "I'm not a lord." He's like, "I said you are." <laughs> so you are. So you are. And she's like, "Well, let me think." <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Now that you say it. <laughs> I infiltrated Ben and Luke Skywalker for a year. I killed a high lord of the Sith. I killed my own father. I, def- I, I killed Abeloth. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> I've done some things. I'm a high lord. All right. Or, uh, sorry. Just a lord. I'm a lord. Lord Kai. You got it. Ship gives her a promotion. Not just Jaina. Okay. Yeah. It also can happen to anybody. Kai in like a parallel mirror. Yeah. On the bad guy side. They're also getting more powerful. Right, just don't forget. <laughs> As you do, balance. One on one side, one on the other. Promotion! He's still two minutes away, though. Two minutes and ten seconds, to be exact. Which I thought was fantastic. <laughs> yep. Because he's... He's a, he's a living, thinking ship. Of course he would know exactly. It's awesome. <laughs> I love, I, ship is so cool. We're not, There's no more books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's two. There's... What is it? X-Wing Mercy Kill. And then there's the book with all, uh, that stars Han, Luke, that, and Leia. Is that Cross Current? No, Cross Current's a different thing. I don't know. We have books in front of us. <laughs> I got it. Well, you figure that out. I'm going to keep talking. Because he's still two minutes away. And Ben and Jaina are coming down their ramp. Which, I don't know if you can guess. It's probably going to be bad news for Crucible. Crucible. You were close. I was. I had this 
the two first letters. Isn't that funny? There's only two books left after this, and we are not reading them. <laughs> Next. <laughs> <laughs> not for a while. Yes. Ben and Vistara come down the ramp. Nope. Ben and Jaina come down the ramp after Vistara. And they all circle each other physically and verbally while Vistara's killing time. <laughs> so that ship can come and save her. Because like you said, she only has two options, right? Prisoner or Survivor Man. Yeah. And here, that's bad. Yeah, she Any other regular planet, she could probably just be a hermit in a hut. And... She'd become the next Abeloth. Oh, she would absolutely, point. she would be face first in that font of power and so fast. swimming around in the pool of knowledge. And I would too, probably. Yeah. Well, I'm here. Psst. Let me see all the mysteries of the universe. Why, Why not? not? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Anyways, they're having this little standoff and everyone's all lying to each other. Oh, there's nothing up my sleeve. What do you mean? Ah, oh, come on down, Vistara. We just want to talk. No, this, uh, Okay. Yeah, there's something on my sleeve. <laughs> but it's not what you think it is. Oh. It's like a, a sedative. Oh, Ben. Oh, I was just over here tying my shoe. Or, I'm not hiding. <laughs> okay, I'm hiding. But what's up your... Uh, you know, yeah. Everybody's just pointing at each other in a circle. Spider-Man's. And uh, <laughs> it all comes to a dissolution when Ben says the words, trust me. And she like heartbreakingly is like, why'd you have to say that? And blasts him with some force lightning. Yep. Which I love a good force lightning, but it gets redundant. It's very overly used. Well, because it's like the only thing. It's the the really other than a force shove, which is very, very basic. And doesn't have an external element. Yeah, it's only the long distance. That's the only long distance thing they can really do. Exactly. There must be more. That's how the Jedi pull out their gun and shoot you. And that's why the Sith are bad. Because they make lightning. Yeah, they... I was reading... One of the other books... It all ties back to Palpatine. Like It's the original thing you saw back then. And how they make the lightning is by corrupting the Force into a dark energy that they can shoot out. Electrical beans. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's a joke for uh, three people who are are not going to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) She blasts him with lightning. Then cartwheel leaps... I don't know how many meters into the air, up into ships awaiting opening. Yeah, he opens the door and she just goes, whoa, against the back wall. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And he's like, sorry about that. I slowed down as much as I could and still catch you. But it's it's actually really visually astounding. And it, it's, it reminds me of Ray in that, that third movie. She jumps over a TIE fighter or something. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I pictured, except into the cockpit. And yeah. Gone. Yep. Gone. Vistara Kai has escaped. Ship tells her, as she's standing on the deck, shedding a single tear for Ben Skywalker and their love. Ship tells her, it's okay. Love is pain. And pain makes the Sith strong. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear, dear. Oh, that makes me all piglet scared. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah. Because they're, and, and you know, they're both going to use the energy of this pain in different ways. She's going to use it very, very as a corrupting power force. Mm-hmm. And it's, God, she has escaped. 
after all of this series of being captive, prisoner, or pursued in one way or another, Vistara Kai, I actually might cry because I didn't realize the full circleness of this nice job team, mm-hmm. jumps into her original savior. Ship came to Kesh and chose her and changed her life and set her on this path. Yeah. And at the end of it, in her most desperate time, she calls out to him again and he comes back and saves his most prized student. And takes From her away to the future. his second most prized student. Yeah. yeah. Takes her to the future to safety. Off to Korriban. To join Darth Crate and the One Sith. That is awesome. It's that is an awesome ending. Yeah. Awesome. Oh my god. She escaped. She got away, man. Yeah. What did you think was gonna happen here? And remember I've said before I didn't really remember anything about the end of these books. I can't wait to tell you what I remembered now that once we finish this book. <laughs> no, now that we're at the end. <laughs> wow. What did you think was gonna happen here? I I really I thought, thought showdown fight. Yeah. I uh, thought not just a blast and run. I thought it was gonna be a fight that ended with her having to take off and run. Yeah. And into then the be jungle abandoned and yeah. be like injured and stuff and be abandoned. Yeah. Because that was always her greatest fear, as any Sith would be, right? Mm-hmm. Not her greatest fear, one of, but man, whoa, yeah. I thought, I, yeah, I thought kind of a similar thing. Like they're gonna fight, they're gonna physically wound each other as well as emotionally. Yeah, and then that's gonna be the extra bit of stagnant pain that's gonna fester and swell as they separate. Yeah, and leave Vistara as an unknown antagonistic entity in a different way. And now, now she's, this is awesome. It's so good. This is awesome. And I love the way that it resolved. Was everybody tiptoeing around each other? That's what they've done the whole series. Mm -hmm. And then the confrontation is him throwing her lie back in her face. Trust me. And she can't take that bang. Boom. Yeah. Flip gone. <laughs> oh man, that's fantastic. Loved it. I love the Starakai. Excuse me. Lord the yes. Starakai. Chapter 35. Luke Skywalker wakes up. Classic. <laughs> Classic Luke Skywalker. This guy is always waking up. And he sees Coruscant out the viewport. Much of it burning or in ruins, as his description. That's bad. Yeah. Hey, what's the front of this cover? <laughs> a burning, a burning skyscape. cityscape with black smoke over top. And the book is titled Apocalypse. And so we put it on the cover, and then we did it. Yeah. They did it. Let's say, as a storytelling writing team... They set Coruscant on fire with volcanoes, dude, and burnt down billions of lives. It doesn't get much worse. Wow. Yeah. As much as we defeated Abeloth and 
fought the Sith off of Coruscant out of position of power. Look at how much we lost. Mm-hmm. We didn't lose anyone that we care about. Basil Wharf did hurt a little. Yeah, yeah, that was. But yeah, we haven't cared about him for thirty books. <laughs> it's a different thing. <laughs> and he was kind of set up to die all along. Yeah, you teamed him up with the secret identity kid. Toast. <laughs> but we didn't lose any buddy. Yeah. Any bodies. Or buddy for the... <laughs> we didn't even lose any of our buddies. But, except for Basil. Yeah. Uh, oh, Kent Hamner. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, a halfway, a midpoint casualty, a la uh, certain... Yeah, but I didn't like him. ...in the last series. Yeah, he's kind of, he, exactly. He's not lovable, like, like endeared to the fan base type of character. Although, a lot of people love him from the X-Wing stuff, because he's like the military Jedi... Yeah, leader guy. We didn't lose characters that we cared about, but we lost a lot. They lost a lot of. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't even know how to frame it. They lost a lot of. Yeah, I. I think a they lot lost, of what they were trying to protect. Yeah, is in ruins. Chunk. Uh, I think if, if with every Jedi, a piece of themselves because they have so much loss around them mm-hmm. is just gone now because they they can't protect everybody. Yeah. They it's, know they It's can. clearly impossible. Yeah. And in fact, we're a giant target because look what keeps happening everywhere we go. But Luke looks out the window. He sees Coruscant on fire. Ben comes in and hugs him and they talk for, quote, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, man, this might just be a personal thing, but every time... I swear to God, every time I read a specific amount of time like that has passed, not ship saying I'll be there in two minutes and 10 seconds, but they talked for 20 minutes or a half an hour later. That kicks me chest first Spartan out of the fucking story. Kicks me right out of the immersion every time. And that's just me. But every time it's like 20 minutes have passed. I'm telling you time has passed. That's when I'm like, my brain goes, ah, oh, I'm reading a story. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whereas normally you have that suspension of disbelief. You immerse yourself in the, the ongoings of the characters and the, and the plot, but it's just me. Maybe let me know if you, if you feel the same out there, but every time it's like a half an hour later or 20 minutes later, I'm like this is a story and I kick myself down a well. Like, yeah. I don't know. Man. And they've done that a lot in this whole series. Yeah. Just, I bet you, I bet you a lot of writers do it in a lot of places. It just is a, a like a necessary evil. You can only creatively describe the passage of time so often when you have page limits and editorial mm-hmm. decisions to make. It is what it is. Yeah. But it just slaps me in the side of the head every time. Yeah, because it's actually unnecessary. I didn't need, yeah. It, like, yeah. It, this whole time, uh, except for telling the passage of time, it's unnecessary. I so- mean, replace those three words, though, with a, with something that tells me the same thing, and you kind of can't. Like, if it's literally you're cutting words for word count or something, I don't know how you more succinctly get that point across. But yeah, like... Show me someone in the hallway looking at their watch, just like happily, excitedly uh, waiting. 
Yeah. Or it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that it was 20 minutes is the point. Yeah. But anyways, me personally, when that happens, I don't like it. It, I'm out. It kicks me right out of the story and I got to dive myself back in there. But they hug each other and talk for 20 minutes. Okay. And they exchange stories of what happened. I did this. I was a ghost. Oh, this tentacle. Oh, this tentacle. Crushed her with a pillar. <laughs> Elbowed her head inside out. Yeah, filling each other in on what happened in the X amount of time that yeah. Luke's been unconscious. And, yeah. and and the end of the story comes to, uh, I'm sorry that I was wrong and I kind of betrayed the whole Jedi Order by trusting Vistara and it kind of made everything worse. Um, sorry, my bad. And Luke tells him, you're not the only one that ended up trusting her. Yeah. And you're not the only one who's ever fallen in love with a bad guy. Sorry to, sorry to say. <laughs> yeah, he says, does say that too. But he does specifically say, not to worry. There will be plenty of chances to catch Vistara Kai. Not according to Disney. <laughs> but all right. This guy is wrong again. They should listen to our <laughs> podcast. This guy's wrong. This guy's wrong. He's wrong again. Yeah, everyone should listen to our podcast. <laughs> Send it directly to the Disney marketing people or whatever. Just email them constantly. Yeah, I'm sure Link. no Star Wars fans ever do that. <laughs> Here's what you should do, Disney, with my favorite thing. <laughs> anyways, anyways, they hug, they talk. You, you have plenty of chances to catch Vistarakai and avenge this you know, shameful loss that you feel, but mm-hmm. also unspoken. What if it's a, what if it's a Luke and Mara Jade thing and not a Luke and Lumaya thing? What if they cross paths 10 or 12 times and butt heads and then have to work together a few times and then fall in love for real as adults and then get together and he saves her from the dark side. Also possible. Also possible. They don't have to be, enemies forever star wars you know it's not always it's i mean it's specifically never like that Mm -hmm. what happened at the end of the first story the bad guy was like i don't want to be bad anymore yeah he threw the other bad guy down a hole yeah (laughs) he he was redeemed (laughs) my family at Ah. the very end yeah Ah. (laughs) (laughs) threw the bad guy down a hole so you know there will be plenty of chances for you two to cross paths again until Till we get bought out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he tells Ben, I've got orders for you to go give to the, the some of the other Jedi. Number one, send, uh, tell Saba to send someone to go get Reynard Thole back. He's probably not going to want to come back. But here we start planting seeds for future stories, possibilities. Yeah. Luke says... I don't want to antagonize the kill or sorry. I don't want to antagonize the Chiss again by helping the Killix build another nest. Yeah. First of all, that's Troy being self-referential because mm-hmm. that was his solo trilogy, like fifteen hundred pages or more, something like that. They were decently yeah, they're huge like books. books yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we will. And the three and a half years from now or something. It'll be a minute. We'll, we'll get it. But that's cool, right? Like. Planting a seed of, uh oh, there might be more conflicts to come with the Chiss. And now, Master Solo was marrying Jagged Fell. Because he's alive. Yeah. He saved all the solos. <laughs> it's fine. It was easy. I just I just parked outside. And then they all got in and we left. 
<laughs> All right, man. That was too easy. But anyways, back to the point. He's got orders for the Jedi. Number one, go get Raynard's little book. Book? Get mm-hmm. him back. Get him back in a book. So we can write another book. That's right. See? About getting him back in a book. And also, second order, uh, get me Windorvan and the Masters, please. He's got orders, and he's got thoughts, too. Luke thinks his father's refusal to become the new keeper of the balance had set off a terrible chain of events. All three of the ones had died, and now the force was out of balance. Looking back over the last half century, I don't know if maybe I heard this last week, it certainly seemed to Luke that there had been a shift towards chaos. Powerful forces of darkness were rising across the entire galaxy. Jason Solo had become Darth Kytus. The Sith were returning in hordes. And Dalla had emerged from the Maw. Boba Fett was now the leader of an entire world of mercenaries. And the Imperial Moths had developed and unleashed a horrific nanoweapon. The galaxy was tipping toward darkness before their eyes. And as far as Luke could see... The Jedi and their allies were the only ones capable of restoring the balance. Save me, Luke Skywalker. You're my only hope. (laughs) You're my only hope! Yeah, he's got to get some plans into motion here. Also, that's just a little set the stage for the state of the galaxy. Yep. As we wrap up this series, you know, and for whatever may potentially come moving forward, here's a little recap of everything that's kind of happened recently. That was crazy, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and just to go back to it, it's all Anakin Skywalker's fault. Yeah. He refused to become the keeper of the balance. Why? Because he was in love with Padme. Because that's the reason why he did everything wrong. The real reason actually is that he was, uh, had to abandon his mom as a small child and then was never parented. But that flaw expresses itself in his love for Padme, which is against the code originally to begin with. Mm-hmm. So we've changed the code throughout the passage of his history to allow everybody to get married. Yeah. That was actually the fatal flaw in this whole disruption of the balance was Anakin's love for Padme over duty to the yep. light. And this this whole thing with him saying my dad created this chaos in um was it return of the sith yeah revenge of the sith revenge of the sith yeah it's return of the jedi yeah revenge of the sith when obi-wan says you were supposed to bring balance not yeah. plunge the universe into chaos yeah yeah it's that's exactly, exactly what happened yep 45 years later still happening mm-hmm. all this time yeah, we didn't know that they went together to this magic place called Mortis and then killed three God know, creatures, God peoples. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, that's not in. That, uh, nobody tells you about that in episode three. No. <laughs> Here, here's what you miss in between two and three. We did a lot of crazy shit in the war. It's a lot longer than it seems. If you watch the movies back to back, war's way longer than it seems. <laughs> it's not. It's a lot of intervening it's, years. It's not a few days. <laughs> yeah. But. You know, save me, Luke Skywalker. You're my only hope because it's your dad's fault. Hey, Jason, it's your fault. Hey, Alana. Wink. Yeah, that's that's look what out. we're looking forward at. Look what happened when my dad did a bad thing to the balance. What did her dad do? <laughs> right. 
we don't even know the repercussions of what he done to the flow of the future of the force. Unleashed the destructor. That's my dad. <laughs> and then like circle closes on our face like an old sitcom. Man. This Skywalker family, I tell you what. Anyways. The Masters and Windorvan all come in and we start debriefing. And P.S. Some Jedi got attacked by a ghost tentacle. Because you can't kill a force entity. Yeah. And as soon as they said that, I was like, wait a minute, what? We literally just had a paragraph where we talked about how Anakin and Obi-Wan killed the ones. What do you mean you can't kill a force entity? Ah, here it comes in the next sentence as I write this down. Yeah. No joke. A special dagger. We need a magic dagger from a magic place to protect the universe from this evil force entity. Next time she inevitably comes back, we can kill her for good. Yeah, and it's got to come from this Mortis monolith that travels its way around the galaxy. Yeah, it's like a free-flowing, floating fortress. And we don't have any idea where it is. And also, we were told that their world was destroyed along with them, but it wasn't, I guess. Or just this thing survived. This structure or whatever. Sure. But you can kill a force entity. As long as you have a magic dagger from a magic place, and you probably have to do it on the magic solstice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? With a certain magic number of people in a chain. Anyways. That's that's fun. Whatever. That's just fun fantasy stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Got it. Tell us uh, a story that we're going to be telling in the future. I don't know when, but we're going to have to find this place and find this dagger. Don't know how long it's going to take. It's like almost impossible to find. We can write that story anytime in the future of the timeline, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be immediate. We're just like, sometime, here's a little taste of what you might get someday. Yeah, it could take place a thousand years chronologically. This crazy epic fantasy travelogue adventure to find the magic thing in the magic place to beat the magic bad guy. It's great. Right. It's just, it's archetype. It's archetypical. It's cool. Archetypal. That's the word. Uh, So P.S. Some Jedi got attacked by a ghost tentacle, Mm -hmm. but it went away. Also P.S. We, the Jedi, were voted off of Coruscant by the Senate of the Galactic Alliance. They're evicting us because we're pretty bad tenants. Yeah. Look at the state we've left the place. We are danger magnets. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they certainly are danger magnets, aren't they? And they go through the whole logical thing of, Oopsie. yeah, Coruscant's still the the center of the galaxy. And so all it that. will be a target for the Sith, but as long as we're somewhere else, that's dividing their tension. Yeah. And then they won't just come just straight to Coruscant and cause billions of volcano damage. Yeah, because <laughs> and death. and just and the volcanoes are gone or dormant, but it's all the poisonous gas that it releases killing people in yeah, the undercity it's, it's, and the undercity is something that we have never properly explored even though the times we've been teased that we would mm-hmm. and when Dorvin says something about like there's tens of millions of problems happening down there it's gonna take years just to chart out where the problems yeah. are yeah and so maybe we'll get down into the undercity for a crazy i don't know crazy things who knows what's down there Maybe we'll get there sometime, but hey, the Jedi are leaving Coruscant. It's okay, though. But it's a mutual breakup. Luke Skywalker says, like you just said, 
all the Jedi come to the conclusion. All right. Or yeah, that's it's probably right. Yeah, when Dorvin's the only one that's shocked <laughs> that they actually are like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, it's best good. for us both. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mutual separation. We we'll still love each other, but we can't be together anymore. Yeah. Which is, you know, the uh, the payoff to what looked like was happening two books ago when Luke Skywalker ran away with the entire Jedi Order mm-hmm. and said that they were leaving Coruscant forever as a trick. <laughs> right? As a trap for the Sith. But he didn't know. He was letting Abeloth in the front door. Whoops. Yep. <laughs> Whoopsie! Went on vacation, left the door unlocked. <laughs> this guy, man. This guy. How is he alive? And now somebody else has made the decision for him, so it's going to work out now. Right. <laughs> Well, because he can't keep it secret. Yeah. <laughs> so, no more Jedi Temple on Coruscant? Why would you leave that there? What a target. Yeah. No more they're, they're, No more Jedi Temple. They're going to change it into some political structure now. No more Jedi on Coruscant? A few. Uh, a couple. What'd they say? Have a have a couple people in the... Uh, As your guards. Prime Minister's cabinet? Yeah. On the secret lookout undercover for Sith? Trying to infiltrate again? Yep. Which, again, we did that. Mm-hmm. Left Leia behind. We left Leia behind when all the Jedi left. It, it is a nice echo or, like, I don't know what to, what to call it. Pay up. It's, it's Echo a, works. It's good. <laughs> it's good because we foreshadowed it by pretending to do a similar thing already. Yeah. I don't know how this makes us feel like this is a good idea, though, because that plan backfired horribly. Immediately. Leia went to jail, like, day one. Never mind that. Do you see the state of the planet? <laughs> it ended with volcanoes. Yeah, and hey, billions The plan deaths. didn't work, man. You ran away across the galaxy into all of her traps. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so we're going to leave Coruscant. No temple. No Jedi presence. Yeah. The end... Of the Jedi on Coruscant. Once again. Chapter 36. The Falcon's cockpit is all fixed up. Han was resisting some of the new technology, but man, these seats, I tell you what. Yeah, they keep you (laughs) alert. They keep you comfy. Yeah, they got memory foam. Uh, They got memory foam. They got body shakers. They got autonomic (laughs) response sensors. They got everything you need. Yeah, and they some of the things are adjustable so Leia can fly the ship yeah, comfortably. Yeah, yeah the, <laughs> the steering wheel tells her. So, so she's not, and she doesn't have to hold her some arms the, at shoulder some height. Some of the buttons are closer. <laughs> yeah, that's great, man. Nice guy, though. It took him 40 years to change his ship for his wife to make her life <laughs> a little bit better. Yep. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. The ship's all fixed up just in time for the honor guard farewell. As the Solos depart Coruscant forever with a parade. Yeah. And not just a parade. There's some giggling in the background. Han seems to be waiting for Leia and Jaina for some reason. Mm-hmm. And he's having a chat with Alana. They have a real sweet little chat, actually, about how I've taught you everything I can ever teach you. Life is just about two things. <laughs> Why am I crying? This isn't even that impactful. No. But, like, it was a nice little chat. He's not going to be her dad anymore, actually. Now that I <laughs> yeah, think about yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's he, real sad. That's not, though. It's, it's better. It's good. That's a good thing. Because he's not her dad. Mm-hmm. Stop pretending. Stop lying. 
Yep. And have the honest life that you need to live. Mm-hmm. The truth is out. We know the Sith know your identity. And they're not going to keep it secret. So, in Tenelkaw fashion, we will get a jump <laughs> on the information leak. Yep. And we will present the information as our own. And She's going to reveal her identity to the galaxy. And that's one of his, his two rules. That's right. One is keep it simple, and the other one is... Like act like you know what you're doing. Yep. Cut to Jaina in her white dress. Leia asks if she's ready. Alana picks up her flower basket while Han comes in to take her arm. R2 lowers the Falcon's ramp and 3PO complains. Yeah, because he's not ready yet. R2 is just... (laughs) How are you not ready? You're a protocol droid. And this is a schedule. I guess he he pulled a little quick, right? Yeah, R2 jumps the gun a little bit. 3PO descends the ramp into the this massive hangar in the belly of a battle dragon. No, they're on the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the belly of a Hapen battle dragon, surrounded by Hapen royalty who are all dressed in eyes, blowing gigantic goat horns in the air. Yeah. A, a huge fanfare for the procession of the wedding of Jaina Solo, starting with introductions. The mother of the bride, Jedi Knight, former chief of state, princess of Alderaan, Leia Organa Solo. Holy titles, man. Yeah. They, they all got so many. It's, they're great. Because <laughs> they're very important people for 50 years in the galaxy. Yeah. And also, Alana's got a lot to do. Alana, Joe, Solo, the Chumada, the heir to the throne, the, the keeper of the balance. I don't think he says maybe those things. But he says her real name. It's implied. He says her real name out loud to all the Hapens. Secrets out. P.S. She's headed to go train at Shidumad. Yeah, she'll be able to spend Woo. a little bit more time with her mom. That's while exciting. She's training, that's so good. Yeah, that's exciting, man. She gets to just be herself out in the open now. How hard would it be to be a kid trying to figure out who you are and also pretend to not be that person all the time? Yeah. Come on, that's a hard. She's four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, man. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah. But here we come to the end of the book, where Han Solo takes his daughter's arm, and Jaina Solo, Master Jaina Solo. Slightly drags him down the aisle. Yeah, she's super excited to get married. For her wedding with her husband, former head of the Empire, (laughs) Jagged Fell. What a crazy ending. He's got a lot of former titles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's hanging on to her so far. But yeah, uh, what what a happy ending. Yeah. Like, we come to horns and fanfare and cheering and celebration and... It's just like the end of episode one, the end of episode four, the end of episode set, uh, six. Yep, six. Six would be <laughs> the one. Okay, I can't get that right. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's, you know, when, and we'll do this more next week when we, you know, cover this whole book and, and maybe the week after that when we cover the whole series. But compared to the last series, the ending of the last series, mm-hmm. they're sort of like this yin yang dichotomous relationship of each other where the last one hurt real bad, but we saved ourselves fully. Yeah. And then this one hurts a little bit and we didn't really stop anything all the way. Yeah. It, there's still threads left open it's and very different. Yeah. But she did it Tim. but everyone's happy. She finally picked one <laughs> and that's the end of fate of the Jedi book nine apocalypse. That's the end of fate of the Jedi. Abeloth is defeated, but not gone. The Sith 
are also defeated, but not gone. And in fact, there's a lot more coming. Yeah. Coruscant is partially redestroyed again for like the fourth time in galactic history. The Jedi are gone and battered, but far from broken. Lord Vistara Kai is gone and battered, but far from broken. She is going to be quite reinvigorated, I think, in her new role as Lord of Information of the One Sith. She's got yeah. so much extra. Ben Skywalker, brokenhearted, but triumphant. Troubled as always. Hopefully he doesn't grow backwards in the next series. Yeah. Oh, wait. Luke Skywalker, a brand new scar, and generational guilt. He's always wrong. He's always sleeping. But somehow, still alive. Still ready to try and save the galaxy. Still alive at the end of this Fate of the Jedi series where I was trying to make you believe the whole time it could happen. Yeah, I really thought that he was he was going to be dead. <laughs> I was really trying to make you Like think every that. time he's hurt and like almost unconscious, it's like, oh, here, here oh, it comes. Oh, no, here we go again. Yeah, no, he just goes to sleep every time. And he's fine. Man, this series was fun. Yep. It has, it has such a happy ending. Sure, there's threats hanging over our heads, but it's a it's a happy ending. Yeah, it left me it left me feeling good and ready for whatever comes next. Yeah, which is very little. Thanks, Disney. Yeah, thanks a lot. But you know what? Like, you know, we complained a bit along the way about this series and some of the disconnects, but overall, it was exciting. It was interesting. It was fascinating in some parts. Shocking, yeah. even. Mm-hmm. It was heartwarming and heart-wrenching. It was classic Star Wars stories. Yeah. But with a whole bunch of brand new ideas. Yeah. Yeah, so much stuff that was... That like we, we talked about with the Celestials coming in. And Abeloth, this yeah. unknown, not a Jedi, not a Sith. Yeah. Crazy. And also the Sith. Thing. Yeah. Who came from the past. Yep. They've been stranded for 5,000 years. Like that's, they, they knew nothing about what was going on. They learned cool. real quick. That was but. fun, man. That was, the settings were great. We went to a lot of interesting places, especially when we were following Jason's journey that we've never followed before. Yeah. That was cool. I want to know what that pyramid is. I know. The plot was exciting. All these evil things from the past coming to the present to destroy everything. And I had to look it up to make sure the word was right. But it is. It means taking all of your attention and interest. All the characters, Tim, were deeply engrossing. Yeah, they make you care about them, love them, hate them, whichever one you decide for you, that particular there's character. There's so much to feel about them. Yep. And there's a lot of them. that Some, Sometimes you can do both. There's a lot of main characters in this series that you care about. Yeah. You know, like Luke Benvistara, Jason... J- oh, not Jason. Oh, God. I'm so used to saying his <laughs> name in the family. Whatever, like 10 people, right? 10 yeah. cast of main characters. He might and be dead. All, he still plays a role. They're all... Right! God! <laughs> the characters are awesome. That's Star Wars. The char- Star Wars is excellent characters with interesting places and crazy plots. Yep. And boy, did we just wrap up a wild one. I genuinely loved a lot of the series. I loved this book as a satisfying ending. And we'll cover this book, our 18th book of the podcast, as a whole. Yep. Next week, when we talk about 
Fate of the Jedi, Book 9, Apocalypse Review. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Happy almost three years of Forever Cannon. Yeah. A few more days. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercannonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Cannon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.